may be boring, but his guests aren't. It's Al's Boring Podcast. Oh, hi there. Al Dukes here, and my guest today on the podcast is Nicole Ryan from The Morning Mashup on Sirius XM. Hi, Nicole. Hi, thank you for having me. Now, your husband reached out to me via the Facebook. He did. And he, uh, I guess he knows that I do these podcasts, and he said... Uh, I always look for people who have an interesting story as to how they got into the business. Yeah. And uh, I've been doing these for about a year, and everyone sort of has a different story. Yeah. And uh, he said, oh, uh, my wife has a great story. And then, and then I kind of remembered, and I don't know where I had heard parts of your story from mm-hmm. maybe Howard Stern or Opie and Anthony yeah. or uh, just listening to Sirius XM over the many years. Yeah. So you have been, uh, you went to school for communications or no? Well, I went to school for, I, like, the program I was in had communications in it. So it was called Applied Psychology. So it was, like, psych business and nice. communications all wrapped up in one package. And where was this? Uh, at Ithaca College. All right. Yes. Where is that? New York? That is upstate? Upstate New York. I grew up in Syracuse and um, moved when I was, like, 14 to Connecticut, to Greenwich, Connecticut. So it was a little bit of culture shock. Is um, it bougie there? Bougie is an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It was literally like I didn't know uh, how to deal with these types of people. They were, uh, you know, I loved it. I had a great four high school years, but it was different. Like, you know, I grew up like hanging out with people like in like rural neighborhoods in Syracuse. So, uh, yeah, it was it, it was intense. And my parents went to Ithaca College. So once I was done with high school, I really wanted to get back upstate. And, you know, that was their alma mater. So I checked it out and I fell in love with it and, and I went there. And when you're going there, what are you imagining? Like, oh, when I graduate, I'm going to do this. Um, I think that I wanted to be sort of behind the scenes. I was um, an advertising and um, PR minor. And so I was in the, the, the Park School of Communications, which is a great uh, communication school there. Um, I thought I would go into like PR or marketing um, in the entertainment industry, but sort of behind the scenes. This was never really the plan at all, which makes the story uh, that much more interesting. And did you do internships when you were a college kid? No. And I it's like the one thing that I wish I should. I right. wish I had done. I'm sorry. Um, it's the one thing I tell our interns all the time. Continue to intern at different places because we hire interns all the time. and They move up in the company. Um, I didn't. I was, like, really focused in the summers on, like, making money. So I was, like, lifeguarding or working at, like, little boutiques and stuff. And it was it was really dumb and, and definitely didn't help in, in my journey. So then you graduate Ithaca, and then yeah. what's the game plan? Um, Going to go home and live with, with mom and dad for about a in year. In Connecticut? Yeah. Um, and, and do what for that year? I, like, waited tables and, like, yeah, just still trying to make money and, you know, getting my resume out there. And then my cousin had uh, worked with this, um, this like headhunters agency and they sort of placed people in the types of jobs that I wanted. So you could start as like, like it was like a, it was like a, it was like a temp agency. So they would. But for media type thing? Exactly. Really? So I was like, this is perfect because I didn't intern anywhere. I didn't have, you know, any experience anywhere and I could temp for a little bit, get to know people. Um, I could do it for, they had like three months at a time or they had, you know, we want to see if we like you and then maybe we'll hire you. So I like temped around at um, like an advertising agency for a little bit, which wasn't really for me. It was a, it was a British agency and they were like a little hoity-toity <laughs> for me. Um, and then my um, my temp agent, she called and was like, listen, I heard about this company called Sirius. It was before we merged with XM and it, uh, I think it's going to be a big deal. I think it's going to, I was like, I've no, Cyrus, what, what is it? Yeah, you had no idea. No idea at all. This is long before Howard had joined. And she was like, I'm telling you, just there, there's a reception job open. Please take it. And I was like, I didn't go to school for four years to become a receptionist. No, thank you. She called me back. She was like, please, can you just humble yourself? I'm telling you, I, I, I know that this is going to be a big company. So after she you know, worked on me for a little bit, I took the job. And um, so I was the receptionist for a while, for probably about a year. What year are we talking here? 2005. So you get there in 2005, and when you get there, it's an amazing, was it an amazing setup back then? Yeah. Like, it was all the latest equipment, all of the latest everything there. Yeah. All the, it looked like like it was in outer space. Yeah, it did. That's exactly what it looked like. It was sort of like they were banking on, they didn't have, like, that many subscribers yet. I think maybe we had, like, five to 600,000 subscribers. It wasn't about Sirius. It was about XM. XM was what people knew. That was the name people knew. So they sort of banked on, like, let's just make it look cool here. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and I remember walking in and being like, whoa. And there's this massive desk that they had me sitting and I felt like a total, like, princess on a throne. And I got to meet and see some of the coolest people coming in. So, like, who was working there in 2005? God. Like, like who were, like, big name? Did they, had they, had signed any big name people yet? No. 
No, I don't. Nothing, I, right? No, and, and none of the people that I feel like I that were there then are even there now. Like I just feel like every department is completely different. I mean, I feel like Leslie Gold was there. Oh yes, the radio, the radio check. check. She had a show there. Um, I'm trying to think. I no, I now, really didn't think there was anybody huge at all. I interviewed over there many times in the early 2000s. And I got zero jobs there. I can't still can't figure that out. <laughs> I feel like I was qualified, but I remember I was I was interviewing with the NFL channel, mm-hmm. and um, uh, I can't think of his name now. Stevie Cohen. Yes, yeah, Steve Cohen was interviewing me, and this was right after Opie and Anthony had gotten fired at WNEW. Yeah. And I said to him, and I had worked over there with those guys. I said, "Oh, are you guys going after uh, Opie and Anthony?" Mm-hmm. And he goes. No, we're going to go after Howard Stern. And I remember leaving there going, these people are lunatics. Insane. If they think Howard Stern is leaving radio, K-Rock, mm-hmm. for whatever this hobby little thing they're doing over here, mm-hmm. I thought it would be impossible. Yeah. And then when Howard made that announcement on the radio, you were working over there then I at was. the time. I was. And was that, like, shocking to everyone there? Uh, people were, like, popping bottles at Sirius. Right. It was unbelievable. I mean, I would take the job, too, if someone was like, hey, five years, 500 mil, want to work here? I right. mean, who cares where you're, where it is? Who cares if nobody knows the company? You go for that kind of money. Not that he wasn't, you know, doing well to begin with. Right. But, uh, yeah, it was really exciting, and everyone, it was sort of this whole vibe of, like, this is, this is it. This will put us on the map. And it did. And I mean, obviously, you can't deny the fact that we would sort of have him to thank for where we are today. Yes. Now, you're uh, the receptionist over there for a year. Mm -hmm. And so you're seeing all the celebrities coming in when Mm -hmm. celebrities do start coming in. Mm -hmm. But even back then, it wasn't there weren't a lot of people coming there because it was still a new thing. Yeah. And people weren't really fully buying into it yet. Yeah. Like, I remember for me, like, like. I was super excited just about, like, I saw Carmelo Anthony when he was up doing something for one of the sports channels, and I was like, I bleed orange. And he was like, come here, give me a hug. I was so excited about, like, him. And then there were people that came in, and I was in, like, La La Land. Just try- It was, like, a big operation to run, honestly. I know that sounds crazy, being the receptionist, but there was a lot going on. I remember Steve Carell came in, and I didn't know who he was. Like, I wasn't, I don't even remember when the office started. I wasn't, like, a fan. I didn't know who he was. So I was like, he was like, I am here to see whoever he was there to see. And I was, I was like, your name, sir? Right. Like, I think I was kind of rude to him. And like, I look back like, what? Oh but maybe God. they like that because then he knows you're not going to bug him for a photo. Right, right. Oh, I never would do that. That was like a big no-no. Oh, they told you, no, don't take no, pictures of people out front? No, no. And that's kind of like cheesy. I didn't want to see it is thirsty, cheesy. right? Right. <laughs> I mean, that's not my style. Thirsty. What's thirsty mean? You know, like... Like desperate? Totally desperate. Okay. <laughs> so you're doing that for a year. Now, do do shows start having you pop in on them? Because so, there's no guests or that sort of thing. Like, I wonder how you got started, like, doing stuff on the radio, going from the reception desk. My plan still when I was a receptionist was, because they hired within, was, okay, I like this company. This is cool. This is going to be something. Howard signed on. Was still not to do anything on the air. I was like, I want to get in. They were. I started interviewing, um, I believe, in the advertising department and the marketing department. And they were both departments were going to hire me. So I was going to be, like, an assistant and then a coordinator and then and move up. And around that same time, um, yeah, they were using me randomly. They'd call me from the front desk, um, like Covino and Rich. I don't know if you know Covino and Rich. They had a show. Originally was on Maxim Radio and Sirius. Um, and I don't even know what channel it's on now. But they would call me back. We were kind of friends. So they would call me back and just ask me, like, a girl's opinion on something. So I'd, like, run, like, during my lunch break or something and talk to them for a little bit. Or an imaging guy would be like, come on, can you just voice a sweeper for me or something? Um, and then people started talking, like, oh, like, you know, her, like she'll do this. And it, it works. And she's great. And she's quick. Um, but I still didn't like, I was like, oh, that's fun. And that's cool that I got to try this, but it's not what I want. And then at the same time, I was really good friends with the guys that were on the pop channel and they needed a girl. They had just lost a girl they had for just a couple months. And, um, what was the pop channel? Was um, it called the pop channel? No, it was actually called like us one right at the beginning. Now it's, which is the worst name ever. That's terrible. I don't know who was in charge of naming that. Um, now it's Sirius XM hits one. Um, so, yeah, and still nothing really that special. Did they get rid of that 20 for 20 channel? 20 on 20. 20 on 20? Yeah. That was an XM channel at yes. one point. That and was like the competitor to Series Hits 1 right. when they were separate companies. Right. And then when they merged, that one got dumped. No, they kept it for they a while. Did. Like idiots. And then they had us, they would put our voice tracks on 20 on 20. So I was like, I don't care. I'm on Hits 1 and 2. Two more, channels. More people to hear my voice. So, yeah, so they had that for a while, then they eventually they got rid of it. And uh, Series Hits 1 is on Channel 1. Perfect. Yes, it right was when on... people ch- start ch- ch- right. dialing it, your first one there. It was on Channel 1. And then when we merged, that's when we, we uh, ran into the problem that that was actually, um, it was like either like 
the the Weather Channel. There was something where they couldn't fix it, and they forced us to become Channel Two. My boss like freaked out. We're not Hits One on Channel Two. We're Hits One. Um, so no, we are no longer on Channel One. We're on Channel Two, but we're still You're the on first channel. channel. Two. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So um, they started, you know, just randomly using my voice. And um, then once the boys knew that I was kind of like not afraid of being on the air and asked if I would audition for a week, I was like, I don't know how to be on the radio. I mean, I could go in and like read like a little script for you or give my opinion on something on some of the talk channels, but I don't really know how to do this. And they're like, let's just see what it sounds like. Let's see if there's chemistry. Don't pretend you're not in a studio and you're just talking with the boys. And I did it, and then they hired me. Did that feel like, though, I can't screw this up because this is like my audition, and then if I don't do well here, I'm done in this entire building? No, because I still had the, I still had offers from like doing behind-the-scenes stuff like in our marketing department and those other places. I still wasn't like sold on, like, I can do this. I'm like a big star. I should be an on-air personality. That was like still not the reality for me. So then how do they, when does it happen where they say, okay, you're no longer the receptionist. We're going to put you full time on the radio. So that took a, that took a few more months. Um, and what are you doing in those months? In those months, I'm voice tracking with the boys before my reception job starts. So I would voice track with them in the morning super early and then go to the, the reception desk. The Hitch channel, your yes. voice track. Yes. Now, how do you even do that, the voice tracking? Do, do you look, do they, does somebody write that out and say... You know, you're coming out of a Lady Gaga song. You should have something to say about this. Or or who decides what gets said in these voice track things? I mean, we we talk about what we want to do. We obviously had certain bits or certain games or, you know, certain topics that we'd want to talk about. And we'd have like a loose outline of what the plan was because we talk about five to six times an hour for a few minutes at a time. And how many people are you talking about? At this point, including me, there was four. So there's three boys and me. And um, so we had like a loose outline of like what the what the plan would be. And we didn't really know who what we were talking out of or what song we were going into until we looked at the log and be like, okay, what are we coming out of? All right, someone get something about Lady Gaga. Okay, I'm going to hit this, hit this contest. We'll go into this game. We'll take, you know, and we made a quick plan before we went on the air. And it was basically before each break, we would talk for two seconds, then go and wing it. And was there somebody that was sort of the leader of that pack? Um, not really. Our boss, his whole thing was there's never a leader. You guys are like friends. You're like Seinfeld. I mean, some somebody. Well, Jerry was the leader of Seinfeld. That is true. But didn't you feel like all four of the people on Seinfeld were still the stars? Like, even though he was like the leader, like yeah. you loved all the characters just as much as you love Jerry. Yeah, but he needed, Jerry needed to be there or the other characters didn't know how to behave with each other. <laughs> That's true. Like there was that time <laughs> in, uh, Elaine and George went out for an awkward lunch and Jerry right. was there. They didn't know what to do. Right. But I just wonder like who decides, like, could you bring stuff to the table back then and say, I want to talk about this? Or would they say, Nicole, you should uh, have a comment about you sh- whatever. Right. You should shut the F up. You don't know about yeah, radio something at all. like that. Um, that didn't happen. Um, now, obviously, from then to today, I'm a lot more vocal and have a lot more weight, I think. Then I sort of was still learning. And so I was following their lead. And I, I'm not going to lie. I was like a little bit nervous and um, standoffish. And I remember I was afraid to even close a break. I was, I didn't know how to like, you know, I didn't know how to talk up a song or I just was so afraid to step on a vocal and I just didn't know what I was doing. So they'd be like, okay, Nicole, this one's you. And they thought it was like funny. Like they would watch me the wait for me to fall flat on my face. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would obviously give ideas and I, I would do my thing and just try to have my personality shine. But yeah, I mean, when it came to organizing, they were all radio veterans and have been doing this forever. And so I let them take the lead a little bit more. Now, Mama Bear is a little bit more the boss. But And in the beginning there, did they were they resentful at at any point that, uh, hey, we spent all this time in radio and now oddly, she was just at the reception desk and now she's one of us? Yeah, oddly, no. They were the ones that pushed it. They were the ones that did the convincing and they kind of liked it. And I think that there's a lot of of not my story exactly that happens uh, um, at Sirius, but there's a lot of people up at Sirius right now that have shows that have no business being on the radio. They, you know, I think people sort of realize that radio is voyeurism and it's all about just listening into a conversation. And if you can have a conversation and, you know, put headphones and a mic in front of someone, if they have right. a good personality, it's, it a lot of times translates. Um, you know, there's obviously nuances of radio that you need to learn to make it sound perfect, but... Um, they were really like, listen, you have a great personality. We are good friends. We have this chemistry and you can do this. And I was like, I can't do this. I don't know what I'm doing. They were like, you can do this. Yeah. And I just, you know, slowly built my confidence and, um, yeah, it just, it, it was, it was awesome. And then they come to you and say, we want to make you a full-time on-air person. Yep. 
And how does that happen? You get a phone call or they sit you down? Yeah. I mean, I, I'd been pushing for it and waiting and getting frustrated. Like, don't make me say, I mean, are, am I going to do this or not? I'm not sitting on this reception desk. There was definitely a little bit of bitterness for a while. Like, okay, you're like, let me have like one foot in the door and one foot out. Like, I can't tell if you're actually going to let me do this or not. Once I like was doing it for a few months and I was like, I love this. This is great. Um, it, it just, it, it felt like I, I felt like they were like trapping me, like just like trying to keep me on the reception desk. I mean, because let's call a spade a spade. I was actually a pretty good receptionist. <laughs> right. They don't want to lose you there. Yeah. I mean, I started, people knew me at the front desk. I mean, that's how Howard Stern started to, you know, talk about me on the radio a couple times. And then he got wind that I was sort of doing this radio things. And then, you know, he, he went. Does he take a secret elevator? Everyone says he takes a secret elevator. Oh, we'd call it a secret elevator. It's just our freight elevator. I've heard, this is actually a rumor I heard. Okay. I heard that Ronnie, the limo driver, drives the car into an elevator mm-hmm. that goes up that high. Then he gets out of the car and into his place. Um, I believe there's a possibility that is true. <laughs> I am not there when that happens. But, yeah, I mean, the, the elevator is big enough for that to happen. And really? You don't. I mean, he would get bombarded every day outside our building. Yes. I don't know how it is here, but, like, outside TMZ. Our, yeah. TMZ and like like there is paparazzi and one day they'll be taking pictures of me but that are like literally just just lining our windows no matter who is there they're just waiting for But he's got to go out. through some door. Yeah. So eventually can't they figure out which door he's going through? I, I don't know how they haven't because they're yeah. total stalkers. I'm right. not sure how it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, but it's like underground. It's like in an underground garage. Yeah, I know. Like, I worked at K-Rock the yeah. last uh, six months that Howard was there. Yeah. And I used to see how he, he was doing. Even at K-Rock, he would take the elevator down. And it would go right into the parking garage. Yeah. You know, so he didn't have to go outside yeah. or, or in the hallway where all the, the things are. I passed him in the hallway twice, and I was too shy to say, You were? What's up? Isn't he like... He looked very shy as well. He is shy. And like it's he weird. walked with his head down shy. Yeah. And I try to tell people that, that that they're not in radio. Sometimes the loudest people on the radio are very shy yeah. in their real life. Yeah. Like super uncomfortable like whenever you see him in the hall. Yeah. Um, and it's it's odd because he's like the larger than life and one of the most like recognizable human beings on the face of the earth. He's like seven feet tall. He yes. doesn't even look real. And, yeah, he walks and he kind of like, he, yeah, he's got this weird, like, little girl shyness about him for sure. Right. Mike Francesa here at uh, yeah. WFIN. People think he, oh, he yells at the caller. He's so rude to everybody. He's yeah. so quiet in the See? hallways. Yeah. Oh, my God. Do you know how many times I've screamed at my radio exactly. at him? See, that's exactly it. Meanwhile, <gasps> he's like Howard Stern. He walks. very quiet. Crazy. Keeps to himself. That sort of thing. Well, there's a little bit of, like, an acting element. It's like there's a little bit of, like, a character that you'd sort of turn on. And, and for him, he's been doing this for so many years, I think he gets in his studio and that's where he's comfortable. Right. You know what I mean? It's like this little cocoon of like, it's like trust tree for him. For the past few weeks, I've been talking to you about Guiding Greatness, an exclusive video series presented by Delta Airlines that offers insight from some of the most successful NCAA college basketball coaches. You can check them out at guidinggreatness.com. These videos tug back the curtain so you can hear from the NCAA's most compelling leaders. These are men who've seen it all and heard it all and who are now willing to share those stories of leadership, consistency, pressure, heartbreak, victory, disappointment, drama, conflict, and glory. Check them out, guidinggreatness.com. This week, you can check out videos from Coach K from Duke and Mike Bray from Notre Dame. Guiding Greatness presents these human stories told through first-person recollections, great pictures and video, and with authentic enthusiasm. These coaches have thoughtful insights and passionate dedication to the game, the institution, the people, and the players. Check it out, guidinggreatness.com. It's Al's Boring Podcast. So when I Googled you, not a lot came up, but your uh, few minutes appearance on Howard Stern, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know how long ago that was now, maybe... I don't know either. Yeah, it's been a number of years. But one of the things Howard brought up uh, was that when when you are hired by a company to to be the receptionist, and then they eventually speak to you and say, hey, we want to make you a part of the of the morning show on this huge channel. I mean, I've had Sirius and XM for many, many years. I, I was on board early on. I yes. love the idea of it. Mm-hmm. There are tons of channels that I know nobody's listening to. For sure. Your channel is not one of them. Correct. It's one of the very popular ones. You're now going to take a position on the morning show, but they have you in there as the receptionist 
with the thought of, wow, aren't you lucky to get this shot? Mm -hmm. So do they, when they come to you to ask you this, do you say, hey, is there a paid change? Is there anything like that? Or do they offer that? for you i got paid like a slave for like a while and i think that that was something i had to fight and overcome and i remember my boss saying listen just in like enjoy this and like make the best of this situation you have this massive platform do not worry about the money and i was like okay i have to pay my rent it's easy to say right yeah like living in new york city i live in a box and i can't afford it and then people also assume you're making a certain living and it's funny even now of course like i i'm i'm very blessed i get paid very well but like people think we're making millions of dollars because of the the reputation that hits one has it is this massive platform i'm not making millions of dollars i'm not even making close to that so i remember him saying listen you have to like focus on making people love you and doing great and and learning and like honing this craft and do not worry about the fact that they're paying you not enough money to pay your rent and i knew i was always going to have to overcome the fact that they like the you know the suits were always going to still they knew me as the receptionist that they loved so i was a receptionist who should be making reception money and i got this big break so just you know you'd be appreciative for that um and so yeah i had to fight through that until we got an agent and that sort of was a a, a bit of a game changer. How many years into it did you feel comfortable like, hey, it it would be bad for them to lose me now, so I I can feel confident going in and and asking for what I deserve. I mean, a, a few years. I mean, yeah. I would say at least like five. Yeah. Yeah, like it was a while. And even now, I'll still always have like a little, I have like remnants of that, like in the back of my head, that like insecurity. Like, right. do they still look at me like that? I mean, obviously it's been 10 years now, so I hope that no one's like receptionist, but you don't know. I always tell people, even around here in terrestrial radio, it's like if you, it, it's hard to make money without leaving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or coming, you know, it, it just... It, no one in your company is going to give you a ginormous raise out of the blue. You're already in the building. Yeah. You know, you have not, not a lot of negotiating power. Yeah. We threatened to walk once and, um, you know, we band together just because we're friends and we're, we're Seinfeld, right? And band together and thought it would work. Obviously, we're not quite there. We're not quite at the Seinfeld <laughs> you level. For your demands. Um, and it's funny. I remember at the end, there was like, they don't give a crap. Right. And it's not where you're, you're not there yet. We weren't even asking for that much more money. It just at this point, it was like a respect thing. Like, right. Respect me. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. And that's that's the thing. And unless, unless you have, yeah, we tried to like balk one time, like pretend we had another offer. Right. Like, that backfired. <laughs> Z100's on the phone. Yeah. They're very um, interested. Yeah. It was it was not good. But yeah, I mean, you, you're not, we're never going to get the, the real money and, until we have another serious, like stupid offer and we're ready to walk out the door. But you've had you've been there ten years now. Yeah, with the same group of guys. Yes, we. It's now now it's just me and two of the guys. We lost Rich. Where did he go? He went. He's still with SiriusXM. He's just doing Cavino and Rich, but only Cavino oh, and Rich. So he's that's doing Rich from there. Right. So he's doing um, the same show, the same SiriusXM show, but out in LA because we're trying to build up our our West Coast presence. You no, know I even wonder too. So I, I worked uh, with Opie and Anthony a little bit, never really directly with them, but in in the surrounding areas. Yeah. And uh, Sam Roberts was an intern at one point. Good friend of And mine. then I heard him, you know, I had heard him uh, on the air every once in a while, da, da, da. And then one night in the middle of the night, I, I click on Series Hits 1, and he's he's DJing. Yeah, we had him And I thought, had it, and he did it for a, a little while. Yep. And I thought even that, like, to be able to make that move yeah. to get the higher-ups to see you as not a guy who was an intern, then part-time, then full-time, but still a guy behind the scenes Mm -hmm. to, again, that's one of the major channels on satellite to be able to make that move there. That's pretty cool. And that's why he did. And that's why he was like, yeah, I'll do 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. You know what I mean? Just for a little bit, it was good practice. And, you know, he still technically was just like, assistant producing and i mean look now he's got his own show at night for opie's channel and um, which i go on sometimes i mean he's a good friend of mine one to me one of the most talented kids on the radio right now i mean he's awesome do the other receptionists now think they'll soon be on the air i think there was like one or two after me that tried to like, like i'll go that route soup. didn't work it didn't work <laughs> didn't. i don't think anyone in that company is gonna ever let that happen again now ever. now how long is this show on um, so we're on uh, Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to noon, but not that's live. That's a long time. Right, we're not live. But you're still doing, when are you doing the stuff that's not live? So we're on 7 to 10 is live. And then the 10 o'clock hour is our 7 o'clock. It's just a replay. It's 7 oh, nice. o'clock and then 8 o'clock. And the 6 a.m. hour is from the 9 the day before. And that's we'll, what, that's yeah. what I want to do here. I want to do 6 to 8 yeah. and then 8 to 10 because it's a different audience. Right? 
I mean, I don't. I, it works for us. I mean, right. I mean, I love being on for that long, but I think there was a while when they asked if we would do it for six hours. I was like, I'm not coming in to That's talk about the radio for time. six. That's a long time. How about Mike Francesa here does a talk show for five and a half hours by himself every day? And I couldn't. That is one thing. So like, like being on a music channel, I don't know what that's like. Like, obviously, I'll go on you know different shows and be a guest. Like I've been on, on Opie and Anthony, and I do Sam show, and I do different shows sometimes, and I'll sit and I'll talk to them for a few hours. And that's cool, but the idea of sitting and talking to myself for four hours makes me want to shoot myself in the face. And then do it again tomorrow. I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't. I feel like you have to be, like, in a good way, like, a, like notch above crazy to, like, to be able to do that. To, yes. like, to have enough, you have to have that internal monologue enough to be able to just sit and talk. I couldn't just sit and talk to nobody right. for that long. How many songs an hour are you guys playing? Oh, God, I don't even know. Does that vary? Yeah, I mean, it depends on, on song length. So we're talking, I don't think, in an hour. We talk about five times an hour, about six times an hour. And then we talk every two or three songs. And and do you have a sort of a time limit of how long each of those talk breaks is? If you ask my boss... Um, he would say probably, yes. He would say yes, shut the F up after like 2.30. Leave the audience wanting more. So Two minutes and 30 seconds. Yeah. So we'll usually, you know, we try to give you as much information and make as much entertainment packed into those few minutes. Obviously, sometimes if we have an interview or something, it'll go a little bit longer. Or if we, you know, are doing something that's really funny or have great callers, we'll maybe push it to like four. But four is like the longest a break would ever go. Are you sick of some of these songs already? Like how sick, how soon do you get sick of songs when they get in? heavy rotation i mean i i bang my head against the table daily um it, it's one thing you know top 40 the formula is you assume people are in their car on the way to work that you know the tsl was 15 to 30 minutes people get in their car they want to sit on their way to work and they want to hear their favorite song right so we make sure that happens so yeah sometimes i'm like we just heard ed sheeran I, taylor <laughs> swift was on a, a minute ago right and i want to kill somebody but yeah i get sick of the song well listen i, I love pop music i love the cheese of it but, yeah, I, I want to die sometimes. And the bosses always say, when you're sick of it, the audience is just starting to like it. Oh, my God. Have I, you met that him? That can't be true. It, I think that's every radio guy. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I guess it is. I mean, I really guess it is. I don't understand it. Or when someone writes or, or calls in and is like, can you play this? Like, can you play Selena Gomez? I'm like, just play it we just times. did it. I can't. I can't. Yeah, then I had this. I worked uh, at K-Rock when it was uh, Howard in the morning, mm-hmm. and I worked with Booker in the afternoon, and, okay. and we played music. It was a music station, yeah. and we we fancied ourselves little mini talk show hosts, and we would we would talk a lot in between the music. And you found that uh, people that liked us were didn't want us playing the Smashing Pumpkins every two minutes, mm-hmm. and the people that liked the music were like, "Shut up and get to the music." Yep. And I wonder how you guys balance that sort of thing when you're on a music channel that mm-hmm. is playing the hits, and people are like. People want the hits. So how do you know when you want us and when you don't want us? Well, you balance it with just that. You know, you shut the F up and you do those quick talk breaks and you pack pack as much as you can into those few minutes and leave them wanting more. Because as much as, you know, when we look at our research, a lot of the times it'll come back and it's like, we want more, we want more mashup. And that's always like lovely to hear. And then sometimes people say we want more music. People want a music channel to you know, to listen to music. And a lot of times people are like, we hate you. We don't even want you on the channel, but there's more love than hate because we don't sit like a normal pop, like morning channel, pop morning show. We'll talk for, I don't know, eight, 10 minutes at a time. That's a long time for somebody who just wants to get in their car and listen to pop music. So that's, I feel like how we balance it is that we don't talk for very, very long. We really don't. Yeah. So. And then um, are there other DJs on that channel, or are you yes. guys the only one? Yes. So we're in the morning, and then the afternoon DJ is Spider Harrison. I'm oh, sure you know his voice. He's on multiple channels. He is. He's got a, an alias. Now I always found this strange. Now, how old are you? Do you say I'm, your age? Yeah, I'm 33. 33. Okay. Spider Harrison's an older fella. He's, I mean, he's older than me, but he's not old. He's over 50, yeah? He's all the, all the older DJs on yeah. my channel refuse to ever tell okay. us how old they are. Just so so he's got a lot of radio experience. Definitely. But I always wonder how guys, and I'll use my friend Booker again, okay. who's uh, my age, I'm 46. He's out in Los Angeles playing mm-hmm. the hits. And I wonder at what age do you can you no longer uh, be the, uh, the DJ for that target audience? Mm-hmm. Which is, what is your target audience? I want to say it's 18 to 34. Women or they don't care? Um, women, but we actually have more men than you yeah. think. Yeah, but yeah, definitely women. women. I like soccer moms. I but yeah, like, do you ever think you'll get to the point where it's like, I can't do this music anymore? Yeah, and the idea of like moving into like 
hot AC makes me want to like vomit. Like I just, I don't, I think I just would mail, I think I would just like hang it up and be like, all right, let's try, let's do something different. Um, but yeah, I think that we, we did have one DJ who he sort of took himself off. He came to the boss and was like, I um, can't do this anymore. I don't know if you've ever heard of, of <laughs> Human Newman. Yeah, it's Human Newman. Okay, so yeah. Human Newman used to be on in the afternoons and he was like, they don't want to listen to me anymore. I'm just too old for this crap. And, and my boss was like, you're right, you are, and you're done. Um, and he still works at Sirius and does other things, but it, it was just... The, it was almost creepy after like a time. I love him to death. He's a great guy, but like it, was, it just didn't match anymore. Right. You looked at him, you saw his face like on on the the hits one page. Like, well, that's the other thing. Radio, and you've been in it probably since it was visual. Yeah, you know, radio. Uh, we all have Twitters and Facebook, and mm-hmm. and everybody the the bosses want you uh, mingling with the public in mm-hmm. social media ways, and you can't hide right. how old you are. Right. You know, right. and Spider Harrison, I hear him on the 70s channel. Right. J.J. Walker. J.J. Walker. He sounds great there, too. Like, that's, yeah. there's few guys that can fit everywhere. Yeah. He's, I think, one of those guys. He's one of the, like, I envy his voice. It's one of the coolest, most recognizable voices. And he's a really, really great guy. And he's been doing this forever. And it's, he's, like, magical. He really is. I mean, you'll hear some of the late night guys. Um, you know, Jimmy Fallon has shouted him out. Letterman's talked about him. He's talked about us too, but um, yeah, he's, I mean, everyone knows Spider Harrison. He's been yeah. doing this forever and he's got that voice. And most people think he's a big black guy and he is not. He's not a big he's black man. He's not a big black man. Does, are all, is everybody out of that building or no? Or is, do people do shows from Los Angeles and all different places? Yeah. So we have our um, our LA offices. We have um, offices down in Nashville. Oh yeah. Um, I listened to that, the highway. Yeah. People love the highway. Love the highway. Um, yeah. So there are people are in LA, they're in New York and Nashville. And those are the main studios. We have, um... Graceland Studios All right. um, for Elvis Radio. Um, but yeah, I think that they're looking to expand a little bit, but those are the main ones. And m- most people are out of New York. And what type of, you mentioned before getting uh, some sort of research or feedback, what sort of stuff do you get? How often do the bosses come to you and say, hey, it looks like people love this more, don't like this so much? They don't give us as much as I'd like, and I almost feel like they pretend that. But where would they get it from? I exactly. wonder. I, we don't know, and so when I'm, we're never, we're sort of, it's always skirted around where it comes from. Because you'll sometimes you'll hear like a, a Mad Dog one day on the air said mm-hmm. they did a survey where the least. He actually said, we're the least right. listened to station. Right, <laughs> like, right. I was like, how do they know that? Yeah, it was more like, hey, buddy, we're, we're, I think that we're the most like least listened to station. <laughs> I loved him. Um, I don't know where it comes from, and I feel like sometimes that there has to be research. They wouldn't have a company like this and not have some form, some way of finding out, especially right. when w- our radios are, con- like, they have... Yeah, they could find out. They, can, they know. Yes. So I think that they do averages, like how many... Fam, like how many homes have how many radios and you figure on average how many people are listening in a car you know i've been get thrown the number that we have 10 million people listening a week nice. to me that's amazing that's amazing um i don't know though it's always no one ever gives us like a real definitive answer and i feel like it's honestly not to sound like like a conspiracy theorist but like it's like a way of like keeping us down like you don't need to know yes if you knew you had 10 million people listening to you right? you'd go in and say listen I need some cash. Need the now, Howard takes credit for everyone listening to him. Only. <laughs> like everyone who owns Satellite yep. is yep. his guy. Mm-hmm. But I think there are breakups. There are people who who get it just for Howard Stern. Yeah. There are people who get it just because they love commercial-free music. Mm-hmm. Then there are people that get it because they're crazy about the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just such a wide range. And I wonder, too, how often, like, you have presets now yep. for everything. How often you would... I, I don't think people stumble upon stations anymore. Not as much. Like in the old days, <laughs> you'd be dialing in your car. Back in the olden days. <laughs> yeah. And you would accidentally hit something and go, what is this? Yeah. And now when you have presets, I don't. I think it's hard for people like Opie and Jim mm-hmm. and some of the talk channels to find an audience if, if people aren't aware they're even there. Like you're yeah. not bumping into them anymore. Yeah. And people are stuck in their ways once they've got those presets. I'm yeah, not doing done. research. I'm driving. I'm, yeah, I got my research. That's right. it. That's it. Um, yeah, I think for us, we're lucky because we're sort of a default because we're like the family friendly channel. Obviously we swear every once in a while. No, yeah. Let me to. ask you, they do the, the songs have curses in them or no? No. You don't, you play the clean version. We'll play the clean version. Okay. <laughs> you like that or don't like no, that? No, I hate that. Is there a dirty version of that channel on Sirius XM? A dirty version of our channel? Yeah. No. No, I'm not saying calling it, but but playing no. that music. No. Why don't they do that? I They've mean, got a million channels over there. There's obviously... That's true, <laughs> right? The bandwidth is crazy. Right. The, the, there's obviously channels that we have crossover. There's crossover of certain songs are playing on our channel, maybe two other channels. And so then you might hear the different version on another yeah. channel, like maybe one of the hip-hop channels. But you know you're, you're in the car when kids are going to school. 
Yes, yes. And so we're really good about that. I mean, I get like people who will write me and be like, did you just say ass? And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry it slipped. I, I dropped, you know, again, like we're not going to, like no one's going to come after us. We don't get in trouble like on terrestrial radio right. if we swear. They don't like it. They don't like it. Our boss is like, we try to do this. Like it's just this family code. Um, so I've definitely been the only person to slip probably five times in, in my career so far where the boys have like pushed me too far and I've been like, and like stormed out or something. It's always been fun and memorable, but my boss has been like, please don't do that again. And you get in at what time in the morning? Um, well, people would probably like to think that we're there long before 6 a.m., but we're not. So we get there probably like 6.30, 6.45. And what, you, and what do you do when you get there? What's your lead up up to the show? Well, for me, we've got the outline ready to go for like the basic outline who does of that? the show. Our producer puts it together. We have a meeting at, after our show each day and talk about what the plan is generally. But like, what would be on there? So we would say, so like, I'm do all the entertainment reporting. So I do. I'm like a walking tabloid. So you're, are you responsible for finding all that information? Yes, I'm responsible for finding. So you find it, it you research it, you write it, write you it. deliver it. And I used to record it and produce it, but now the I the four one one you yes. called it. Look at you. I have. I've had the satellite a long time. I like it. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I I do that. So the the beginning of each of each hour is usually like. You know, whatever random stuff, liners and, and fun things that are going on, timely and topical during the day. And then we tease the 411 and then the 411. And then the rest of the breaks that morning could be either a game set up, um, a, a, a topic. We usually do like a couple topics a morning where we take callers and, and, and put them on the air. Um, yeah. And just different like little bits that we do. And then what about with guests? Who books those? Because Sirius has, they do an interesting thing. They have like a whole booking department, right? Talent department. Talent department. Yeah. I know Spencer Mindich. Spencer is one of my very good friends. He's great. I worked with him uh, many years back on a very failed radio station that we had, we had attempted. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, But I, I see all the people he brings through there. And now, so they, they offer somebody who's coming in. You'll go on all of these different shows right. in so, one stop. So right, which is a dream for them if they're on a promo tour, yes. regardless of whether they're promoting a TV show, a book, a, you know, an album, whatever you know, guest is coming in. Um, you know what happens though. The process is the talent department. Each people, each person in the talent department will, is responsible for like a different category. Um, Spencer does a lot of the pop stuff, so they'll send a like a wish list. Like we think these people are available. We're going to try to go after them. Do you want them or not? Are you ever forced to take them? Like some of the, the, if you're playing the the artist on the radio? If I'm playing the artist on the radio, that's like, I, I don't have a choice. You're that's taking like, yeah, the But you'd probably like, want them anyway. For sure. For sure. I mean, we're only playing so many because we have to just keep playing right. them over and over again. Um, so, yeah. So, but other than that, we sort of have free range to decide, you know, unfortunately, we don't take a lot of the people like that I want. Like if I'm obsessed with the reality show, I used to take them. But my boss is like, I, if it's not mass appeal, then I, I don't really want it on the radio. Right. You know what I mean, it's a tune out and I don't need anybody, you know, tuning out. So, like, you know, we'll do, if I'm really dying to have somebody that shouldn't really be on the air, I'll do, like, a video thing. We'll post it on our Facebook or do, like, a little blog thing or something like that. Yeah, sometimes, like, he'll, uh, Spencer will always post him photos of him with the people. <laughs> Does he? And he puts it on his Facebook. <laughs> I actually follow it on Facebook just to see who, who what's going on over there. Yeah. And so many times, I'm like, what show is possibly putting this person on? Because oh. it's always, it's like the third person from a... Yeah. mediocre show and I'm like right. right like what where are they going on what channels I know and I know that there's sometimes when Spencer and the other people in the talent department have to sort of like beg like can you do a favor Let's for me this publicist it. won't bring right. this person in unless we take right. this person so there's a little bit of a that's the problem once you start doing guests and right. relying on them then you have to do favors right and so we do that every once in a while for him specifically for I will do anything because he takes such um, like amazing care of our show um, and even if a guest that's huge doesn't want to do our show for some reason, he's like the first person to be like, listen, this is like mass appeal. You will get like huge audience if you don't, you know, you need to have this person on, right. on their show. Yeah. Owning your own business is the American dream. Doing your own accounting, that's normally a nightmare. Until FreshBooks. FreshBooks is an easy-to-use cloud accounting software that helps small business owners get organized, save time invoicing, and get paid faster. Forbes magazine calls FreshBooks incredibly user-friendly, and they have mobile apps for your iPhone, your iPad, and Android devices. And right now, FreshBooks is offering my listeners a free 30-day unrestricted trial, no credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com slash boring and enter Al's Boring Podcast in the How Did You Hear About Us section. 
With FreshBooks, you can look super slick with professional invoices complete with your own logo right on there. FreshBooks lets you accept credit cards like Visa, MasterCard, and American Express from your clients and get paid in a flash. Know where your money is with all your expenses neatly stored in FreshBooks. Let me tell you how easy it is. Simply snap a picture of receipts to easily log your expenses with your cell phone. And if you need help with FreshBooks, support is free, fast, and friendly, and you'll always speak to a real person. No automated phone attendance, ever. So check it out. Go to freshbooks.com boring and enter Al's Boring Podcast in the How Did You Hear About Us section when you sign up. It's Al's Boring Podcast with Al Dukes. Uh, I always thought we were thinking about talking before about the different talk shows. Yeah. I feel like there's there's too many talk channels. Like, yeah. why wouldn't they centralize all that? They, there's too many talk channels because that's how they make money. So there is, if, you know, we're advertising, probably a lot of people don't even, like, realize. If you have to really think, listen to the wording. It's commercial-free music. So right. we don't have commercials on the, mu- on the music channels. Zero. The only way that Sirius XM is going to sell advertising is on those talk channels. Right. So they want to sell more advertising, they need to put more talk channels on. Right, but if, if on those, uh, but nowadays, right. including this very podcast, every type of advertising, it's always like, use promo code, blah, right. blah, blah, where they know they're tracking it right so if they're if no one's listening to those channels mm-hmm. i just feel like they could do a better job of they could have a couple talk channels and really stack them up yeah. instead of like having a good show on this channel then there's nothing else relative on that channel then on this channel they have one good show but yeah. nothing it's like let's pack it up let's it's, chop it down it's an internal fight that we have especially when you know a lot of attention gets placed on some of those shows and I'm like no one's freaking listening to yes. that show and so why are you doing this whole event with them and why are they getting that right. guest that should go on my show yeah like well how come i'm not getting ryan reynolds from deadpool because he needs to go on this channel that has nobody, nobody. listening to it because it's his brand and they're they're trying to push it and make it more listened to. That's yeah. BS to me. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's that's definitely something that's frustrating. Do the record companies realize how powerful your station is because it's it's the hits channel yes. and it's nationwide? Yes, absolutely. And you know, for that reason, we obviously get probably the most high-profile guests. And, you know, they want the records played. And, you know, my boss can say, if you don't get them up here, we're not going to play right. the record. Um, so, yeah, we have that wiggle room there. But, yes, they, they for sure do. We've definitely made our mark and, and showed that we can sell records. Do you ever think about that your show is heard everywhere? Like when you get a, a call from th- this uh, Boomer and Carton show is mm-hmm. on TV nationwide. Yeah. And sometimes when we'll get a call from, like, this small town in Kansas yeah. and you're like, and you think, wow, like this really could be anywhere. Like yeah. anyone is hearing this anywhere. Yeah. And the same with your morning show like that. Like, have, it is everywhere. Yeah. I have moments when I'm like, crap. Like I'm like, because you're like in this little dark studio. Like our studio, we actually kind of keep it like dim. And we're just doing our thing every morning. And you you forget. You forget that we're national. And then and then I'll get a call from like Susie in Alaska. I'm like, are, are you like, like are you in an igloo listening to me right now? Like it's insane. It's insane when I look at the calls. I look at my list of people that were of callers that we're about to take, and I see from so many cities and all over the place. Yeah, it's kind of like freaky that there's that many people listening to you. And then what about the competition uh, through everything that we now have in our car? So it's. Uh, regular AM mm-hmm. radio, FM, Sirius, CDs, which I- I'm CDs. shocked. Women, did you just say CDs? I did, and here's why. I d- I spoke in front of a uh, college class. It was uh, like a new media class. Cool. And I was talking about that thing, and and I asked who still listens to CDs. Every woman, really? I think women don't go for new technology. I know it's a very broad statement to make, but they yeah. still love a CD. My, it's funny that you, now that you're saying that, like my mom every year will be like, "Can you get me that Adele right. CD?" <laughs> Okay, like, where would I find? That? I don't even know. A CD. Yeah. But then iPods, yeah. especially if you're a uh, like the one thing I think with sports talk is if you if you want to hear about the New York teams, you really don't have many options. It's right. Boomer and Carton, you know. Right. So, but if you want to hear Lady Gaga, you do have many options. Absolutely. But I guess that's where you guys come in, yeah. where your show is only. Yeah, I don't there. I don't worry about like I don't see it as competition, especially because there's not a car that doesn't have that doesn't come Sirius XM ready. Right. And for us on Hits One, 
where even if you don't sign up, even if you're not a subscriber, if your car comes Series X and ready, we're on the preview channel. So all you have to do is click it, and we're there automatically whether you're paying or not. Oh, really? So that's an a, an even bigger audience for us. So I don't. No, it doesn't. It doesn't worry me. For, it doesn't worry me. I just feel like it's this is the the future. I just feel like if you don't have Sirius XM and anyone who ever tells me they've never heard of it, I'm like, right. well, are you living under a rock? Like I just don't. I don't see those things as competition. I really don't. I mean, I may be naive for saying that, but yeah, I'll still have people say to me, "Hey, whatever happened to Opie and Anthony?" I was yeah. like, they've been on the freaking radio for a while. They were... <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, now they've broken up. Yeah. They're one's this way, one's the other way. Yeah. Do you guys do a podcast on your show? We don't. Um, we Gotta get don't. Into everyone in America has a podcast now. Yeah, we're um, in my contract. It says that we're not allowed to do anything that um, is considered um, competition in you know audio entertainment. Um, probably shouldn't even be sitting here with you, but I love it. Uh, they're gonna love it. And we was, it was um, a commercial for Sirius XM, practically. I know, right? Yeah, we um, said all good things. We did. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure I could do a podcast. There's people at Sirius, like tons of people that have shows do podcasts. I think they just sort of fly under the radar. I don't have the, you know, the ability to fly under the radar as right. much as some of those shows because I'm on a high profile channel. Um, so no, I don't do a podcast. Have I thought about it? Yes. Would I like to? Yes. Maybe next contract I'll be able to to write that in, but and, right now. And did you get engaged on the radio? I did get I saw that as a video. YouTube yeah, video. I did. Um, does your husband work in the radio as well? He does not. He has a technology consulting company. Not quite as exciting as what I Where'd do. Where'd you meet him then? Um, New York City Love Story, 3 a.m. at a bar. Wasted. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we met. Um, and, uh, yeah, we hung out for a while for about a year, and then I told him to get lost because he was kind of a douche. Uh, actually, he was a massive douche, um, a womanizing douche. And then he sort of crept back in after he heard there was a crane that fell up near my apartment. And um, he hit he, you with a text like, how you doing? Are you doing? Sure, are you, make sure you're okay. You weren't crushed by a crane. Right. If you answer this, I'll know you have not been crushed exactly. by a crane. Exactly. I think that's actually exactly what the text read. Smooth. Um, yeah. And he was like, listen, I'm sorry. I was a jerk. Like, let me take you on a real date. Because, you know, we had just like sort of been hooking up for a while. And, um, yeah, and then I was like, fine, like, fine, okay. And and we did, and then we sort of just were seeing each other from then on. And had you previously gone on dates with the musicians that you've met on the show? Unfortunately, I never got to, like, seriously date. Like, a re- like I always thought there's no way I won't go on a date with, like, one, like, big like Justin person. Bieber or something. Uh, oh, I wasn't going to rock the None? cradle. Um, no, the, a couple, like, like um, artists that were, like, almost there. Up like, and coming, and you weren't sure. Right, yeah. Like, oh, I want to really hitch my wagon. Yeah. I had a couple rendezvous with, like, like probably, like, two guys that were, like, singer-songwriters that were, like, about to break, and then it didn't happen. Now they're on the coffee house and really just a handful. Exactly. handful of people yeah. hear their songs. Or they're just, like, songwriters, or they're, like, working at a gas station now because yeah. the whole music thing didn't work out. And then does the husband get jealous of uh, sort of sometimes you can't help when you're on the air, you're flirty with uh, like musicians and guests, that actors that come in and that sort of thing. No, he doesn't get jealous. Does I, he listen to it? Um, he's not a huge Hits 1 fan, probably because <laughs> of the music. I think he'd bang his head against the, the table as well. Um, no, he doesn't really get... Sometimes, like, if... He won't get jealous. He knows that's my job, and I get great things out of people in interviews when I kind of, you know, like flutter my lashes a little bit. Um, but, you know, he came up one time to bring his nieces to meet Bruno Mars. And Bruno was being, like, very flirty with me, and he was like, Mr. Mars, I'm, I'm Nicole's husband. And and I was like, are you seriously doing He's three feet tall. Are you, are you actually, like, I was like, can you step back and not do that? That was, like, the only time there was ever, like, a moment when he kind of was like, I don't I don't like this. But for the most part, he's a pretty confident guy, and that's yeah. not something he worries about. And do people notice you when you go out in public? Do you get noticed at restaurants and things? I think you probably get noticed more than I do. I, I get... I get, oh, what do you do? Um, oh, I have a, a show on Sirius XM. Oh, what what channel? Oh, it's what, oh you're that, Nicole? That's what right. happens. Yeah, around here, uh, the guys, we'll talk about so like who I have coming in for the podcast. Yeah. And amongst the guys with children, mm-hmm. they were all like, oh, my kids love Nicole. And right. they listen to you right. because their kids always have it on in the car. Yeah. That's the only way I know new music now is Craig. Right. He's got four kids. Right. So they know all the words to all of the current songs on series hits one. And so that's how then he'll say, oh, this is a great song. You got to. Right. So now I know the Justin Bieber songs because Craig's kids like them. So then they grow on him. He plays them in the office before the show. And now I know. Them. Now you're singing sorry in the, in the shower. And you yeah. I like that yourself. one that Ed Sheeran wrote with him. 
Um, Love Yourself. Yeah, that's so good. good. It's so good. And he did the acoustic version of it at the Grammys, and I was like, I think I'd I I think I'd do him, even though he's like so young. Like Ed Sheeran? No, not Ed Sheeran. Oh, Justin Bieber. Love Ed Sheeran, but he is not doable. Uh, Justin he's is- He's not sexy? He's not really that sexy. He's like, if you close your eyes, he's sexy, and then you see him, and you're like, well, you're not that sexy, but like, you love him. He's right. like one of the greatest guys I've ever met. Justin, like- He's, like, getting older now, and I'm kind of like, I, I'm like, for novelty, I think I would. He's all tattooed up and in yeah. shape. Yeah. I mean, he's still, like, a little, like, a little shit, but, I mean, I don't know. I kind of, I, there's something about him that I kind of dig. And give us something on satellite that most of us don't know that's there, and we should check it out. Something on satellite. Yeah. Like, one of these talk shows or, sh- or music shows that's hidden that we'll never bump into. Oh, God. Nothing, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, let's see here. A talk show? I mean, I all, all I can say is, like, one of my best friends from college, um, she had a show. It used to be on Cosmo Radio. Now it's Wake Up With oh, Taylor on Sirius Stars. I loved that. You know, this is going to sound ridiculous. I loved Cosmo Radio. You did? I loved Cocktails with Patrick. I love Patrick. Patrick's in L.A. in our L.A. offices yeah. now. See, but that... But, I love Patrick, but he should be doing a relationship show. He's awesome. He well, was they, terrific with it. Yeah, they moved him to sports. But and, how is that not, how is that show not, how, like, they moved some shows, they yeah. moved your Taylor gal, mm-hmm. and they moved somebody else. Like, how did that show not get moved? Pa- how did Patrick's not get moved? No, I know he's doing sports now, which is not. I, there was something. There there's was enough like, sports guys. I know, I totally There were very agree. few guys that could talk to men and women relationship-wise, the way Patrick did on that He's Cosmo channel. He's the man. Channel. He's the man and, and definitely was a, a close friend for a long time. Um, I, I think that, honestly, there was some drama behind closed doors that I'm not a liberty to oh, really nice. go into. Drama. But there was a little bit of, like, um, the negotiation issues and where is there a, a place for them there and who... It, it, there was, like, a lot... There was drama and issues with bosses and I don't want to work for this person anymore. And I think that he, you know... I think he always wanted to do sports. Like when he came to Sirius, he didn't plan on going on a, a girl's channel. Uh, he did not plan on being on Cosmo Radio. And, and that's where he ended up. So I think he always felt like gypped that he wasn't doing sports still. Really? And always stayed close with Stevie Cohen and, and all the sports guys. So I think that he felt like he wasn't living out his dream by not doing it. I mean, he came from sports radio. I think he was doing it in Detroit before yes. he came to Sirius. So... Yeah, I think that he is happier now, but he was very good at doing that. He had a, he had a good way of speaking to women. If he when he was single, that must have been some job to have. Oh my god! Well, now you know who he's with. Uh, the Stassi. Oh my something. god! You're so good. I'm so proud <laughs> of you for knowing all your pop culture. No, no, I'm all involved in the radio, and okay. like I see the radio stuff. I know all that. Yeah. All right. Lastly, I'm going to give you my serious presets, and then you tell me Yay. where you think. Okay. okay. Uh, a one, I have Howard Stern. Okay. Duh. Two of uh, the Spectrum. Love. Great rock. A little funky. Uh, yeah, a little for a little older funky. folks like myself. Three, The Highway. Okay. Four, Y2 Country. Really? Country hits from the 2000s. Uh, then I go Classic Rewind. Okay. Classic hits from the cassette years. Yep. Uh, then I go um, uh, Lithium. Love Lithium. And then only for when my niece and nephew are in the car, Series hits one. There you go. Oh, that's the only reason? I, the only time I put it on. Oh, that's so sweet of you. <laughs> Tell her I say hello. I will. That's Gianna. <laughs> she loves it. Hey, Gianna. Nicole, thank you for coming on to Al's Boring Podcast. Thank you for having me. We will see you on our radio. Or some Sirius XM. <laughs> there you go. Sirius hits one on channel two. There you go. Bam. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you. See you.